Okay, good morning everybody. I'm going to start. So, uh, we begin this week the book of Devarim. This is Mishneh Torah. Uh, we discussed before that uh, Moshe Rabbeinu, this, this was uh, his to add voluntarily. And we could have ended with the four books of the Torah. This extra book we call Mishneh Torah because Moshe is basically repeating. The rabbis tell us that if Moshe did not wish to go ahead with this, all the mitzvot that we find in Devarim, we would have found in the other four books. Uh, the Midrash comes to teach us something interesting. It says that Moshe Rabbeinu, these are the words that Moshe spoke. It says that these words Moshe spoke on his own, while the rest of the Torah, what did Moshe speak? Those words came from the throat of Moshe Rabbeinu. The rabbis tell us that when everyone was cured of their, uh, their maladies, whatever they had at Har Sinai, their impairments, Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't cured of his lisp. The only time Moshe was cured was now, the last days of his life, when he's going to give this speech, because it showed that all the words that came from Moshe before were really coming words coming from Hashem. So now Moshe Rabbeinu, he's, he learns from Yaakov Avinu, he's going to rebuke the people before he dies. And it's interesting that Moshe Rabbeinu comes to rebuke the people, but he does it in such an interesting way. He starts to rebuke the people and he's only mentioning places, which places which don't exist. So what is he mentioning these places? Because these places are supposed to hint to B'nai Israel the things they did wrong. They should feel bad for that just from the hint alone. And he doesn't have to go into specifics. He doesn't have to go any further. For example, he mentions a place, Lavan. Did they stop at a place, Lavan? And the answer is no. So what is Lavan? Lavan is supposed to remind them that Hashem gave us the man, which was white, and the man you detested. You should have appreciated it. He mentions a place called Dizahab. There's no place Dizahab. What does Dizahab remind them of? The chet of the Egel, that they took the gold and they brought it to the Egel. He mentions Mansuf. Mansuf is supposed to remind them of at Yamsuf. What did they say? We should have never left. You should take us back to Egypt. So the, the rabbis comment here on Moshe's attempts to rebuke them in a way that's gentle and kind. And he says that one of the most difficult mitzvot that we have in the Torah is rebuking a person. It's almost impossible to rebuke a person, to criticize a person, to give him, uh, to give him criticism of what he's doing in a dignified manner. And we see that the rabbis bring from this story, look what happens. They bring this bizarre story of, the, of Kamsa and Bar Kamsa. Kamsa and Bar Kamsa, we know the story. He comes to the party, he tells him uh, I don't, uh, he was invited, I wasn't invited, you weren't invited, it was a mistake. He, the host wants him to leave. He says, let me pay for my food. He says, no, let me pay for half the party. No, let me pay for the whole party. No, throws him out of the party. He's embarrassed in front of any, everybody. Nobody does anything, no one says anything. He runs to the Caesar, he tells the Caesar the Jews are rebelling. And that begins the beginning of the end. The rabbis ask a question, how is it possible that this guy who's a rasha, obviously he's a rasha, this guy is going to go to the Caesar and tell the Caesar against the Jews. He's going to be moser against the Jewish people. How does Hashem make it successful? First of all, how do you get the appointment with the Caesar? Not so easy. The second is, the Caesar is going to listen to you or not listen to you. The third, the Caesar is going to act on what you say. Or not? Why does Hashem make it successful for him? It says because he was embarrassed. 
He was embarrassed. Hashem goes behind the person who's embarrassed to help that person, even if the person doesn't deserve it. And we see again and again this whole idea of, of embarrassment, the whole idea of, 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 of fighting with people. We bring this perasha, and it's interesting, we bring this perasha always right before Tisha B'Av. Why do we bring before Tisha B'Av? Because we're supposed to think before Tisha B'Av. If we're fighting with someone, if we're arguing with someone, if we have to rebuke someone, we have to do it in a careful way. And if we're fighting with someone, we have to go, we have to go out of our way in order to try to make amends before Tisha B'Av. We say, why do we have Tisha B'Av? Because of sinat because of, of hatred for nothing. Why, what, what's the, the cure for hatred for nothing? Is ahavat hinam, to love someone for, for, for each other. I heard a story this morning when I, I was coming in, I was talking to someone, told me a story about a certain rabbi, his name is Rabbi Aaron, he's a visionator rabbi, and he gives every year on the night of Tisha B'Av, after they finish praying, he gives a speech in the big visionator's uh, synagogue. And every year he talks about different subjects, to get people, instead of people going home to listen to the radio, the Havdil by us, we're going to go home and watch a, a Netflix movie or something, sit in shul and listen to some Divrei Torah about the destruction of the temple, about how our way should change. So the rabbi tells a story that the previous year, he was, after, after he was in, he, he gave his speech the night before Tisha B'Av, and then the night after Tisha B'Av, when Tisha B'Av ended, he ended up staying in the synagogue for a little while longer. And then they went outside and they were going to do Birkat Levana. After they finished Birkat Levana, he starts to walk home and he's approached by a man. And the man says, Rabbi, could I tell you a story? And the rabbi says, you know, I'm with my son. You sure you want to say in front of me? He says, no, no, I want to say in front of your son. He says, uh, what happened? He goes, I came to you Derashah last night and it changed everything for me. He says, what happened? He says, I've been fighting. I have a neighbor. And I'm a contractor. So my neighbor, for the last eight years, we're at war. He says, and if you could be at war with somebody, it's easy to be at war with someone you never see. But to be at war with your neighbor, and every day I come back to my house, and I see this guy in front of my face, I I don't even want to go home. He says, what happened? He said, eight years ago, the man asked me to add two rooms to the back of his, uh, his house. So I gave him a price to add the rooms. And as he was going, he says, you know, let's do this marble instead of that. Let's do this instead of that. Let's do this instead of that. And I kept telling him, you know, it's going to cost a little more. It's going to cost a little more. And I kept giving him the information. At the end of the job, it was an extra $20,000. The man told me, he's not paying me. I gave, you gave me a price to build me two rooms. This, that, the other. He goes, oh, but I was telling you the whole time. He says, the guy said, it's not paying me. So what I do, we went to Dean Torah. We went to the Deen Torah, and the Deen Torah, I won. And they, the rabbi said to the man, pay him the 20000 We went another six months, he didn't pay me. I went back to the rabbis, we did another Deen Torah, the rabbi said, pay him tomorrow. It's been eight years, he didn't pay me. I can't even look at him, I can't talk to him. He says, but I came to you, Derash, I came last night, I was sitting there last night, and I was listening to what you were saying. And you said something, you said that... When two people are fighting, when two brothers are fighting, if two brothers are fighting and the father, even if the father has every blessing in the world, even if he has money, even if he has everything, children, family, health, everything, if two of his children are fighting with each other and not talking, the father is living in terrible, terrible grief. It destroys his whole life. 
And I thought to myself, you know, we're all Jews, we're all brothers. Our Father in heaven is Hashem. I'm sitting here on Tisha B'Av and I'm thinking about Hashem. For $20,000, am I going to let Hashem be depressed that I should fight with my brother? He's like my brother. So I said to myself, I'm going to forgive him the debt. The next morning, we were going to pray 8.15. I decided 8 o'clock, I figured for sure he's up. I went to knock on his door. He comes to the door, 8 o'clock in the morning. And he wonders, who's knocking on my door? Tisha B'Av, 8 o'clock in the morning. He sees it's me. I says, can I speak to you for a couple of minutes? He says, yeah, of course. He says, listen, I was in last night, the synagogue, and I heard Rav Aaron speak in the, in, in the vision at synagogue. And I have to tell you, I ask you one favor. I want you to be mochel me, and I'm going to be mochel you on the money that you owed me. I don't want you to pay me anything. Forget the money. Just tell me that we're not fighting, and you forgive me for what we went through the last eight years. The guy says, you know, it was dark in the synagogue. They turn off the lights. You didn't see, but I was also in the synagogue last night. And when I heard the speech, I also said, you know what? I'm paying him the $20,000. And I'm just going to give it to him. He says, no, no, but I already told you, you don't have to give me the 20000 I forgive you, just say you forgive me. He goes, I'm mochil you, mochil. They give each other a hug. He says, I got home early, right after we finished praying. Before you did Birkata Levana, who's waiting at the door of my apartment? This man and his wife. And this man's wife hands me an envelope with $5,000 in it and said, this is on account, I'm paying. And I said, no, I told you, you don't have to give me the money. He says, no, no, I want to give you the money. I'm going to give you the rest. I'm going to give you the rest. He said, we hugged and I had to run back to tell you the story. Because you spoke last night about what we have to do with each other and how we have to be willing to be mochil each other in order to bring joy to Hashem in heaven. I was able to do it. We come now to Tisha B'Av. Some people have fights for the most nonsensical things in the world. I see two brothers don't talk because one did this and one did that. Whatever you have to do to go out of your way to be mochel someone in your life that's not, you want to do it, this is the week to do it. Because this week if you do it, this brings tremendous nachat Hashem and this reverses the sinach hinam of the, of, of the destruction of the temple. This is what we're going to call ahavat hinam. Go out of your way to do something. A lot of times things are weighing on us that years later should be nonsense. We should take those things, we should forget them, we should let the thing slide. If we let it slide, Hashem's going to be happy with us. And whatever, whatever we're going to lose... Hashem's going to take care of us and give it to us. Baruch Adonai Dolam, Amen v'Amen. Rabbi Chania v'Chasham, Eretz Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Zechoy Israel, Lefi Chachibah Lahem, Torah Mitzvot Shnei